Welcome to Hostel Homies, a podcast focused on the best parts of backpacker culture. I'm your host, Joe Glasgow. Each week I sit down with a new guest, ranging from the people I meet while I'm abroad to professionals who work in the travel industry. Listen along as they share hilarious and inspiring travel stories, unparalleled recommendations on where to go, and tips for seeing the world on a budget. For Hostel Homies, it's all about the journey, the destination, and the people you meet along the way. Hello, Hostel Homies. This episode is brought to you by The Hostel Group. Visit thehostelgroup.com and support hostels by booking direct. Today's episode features Agnes and Sez from the eTramping travel blog. This is an episode I recorded back when I was in Spain and my guests were in Taiwan. It was an incredibly fun episode to record. Uh, The interview is full of laughter and surprises. We go into the importance of having a friend on the road and having a friend to bring you out of your comfort zone, as well as their experiences in North Korea. Please enjoy part one of my conversation with the creators of eTramping, Agnes and Sez. So I'm Agnes Valevinder. And I am Cesare Krul, which in Polish means Caesar King. <laughs> I'm from Poland, just like Agnes, and we met uh, at the university exactly 10 years ago. Now we are in Taiwan as part of our Asian trip now. Yeah, next month we are flying to Krabi. And in between, together with my boyfriend, we are also going to Hualien. Uh, and Taipei before we leave Taiwan. So uh, exciting times. Yeah, you guys are just gathering this. I, I keep calling you the gang, but you guys just keep gathering this fun crew of travelers to uh, to explore with, it seems. Well, yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing is with us, we are not a couple. And even though our blog looks like a couple, <laughs> we are not one. And therefore, we have our own. Uh, I have a girlfriend, and Agnes has a boyfriend, so the group grows. It says it multiple times on the blog. It, it clarifies. I was looking. <laughs> it goes, we are Agnes and Ness. We are not a couple, <laughs> like, multiple times. We were that. thinking about a pop-up here. Like a pop-up window. <laughs> when you enter the website, you have to agree, not only with the terms and conditions of e-trumping, but also... Uh, Cookie policy, GDPR, uh, I acknowledge that I understand that you are not a couple. (laughs) (laughs) Must be 18 years of age and must know that we're not a couple. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the blog. Let's talk about e-tramping. What inspired you two to create this travel blog? Okay, so there are a few stages of creation for e-tramping. It has started as a way for me to learn HTML. And because I wanted to start creating something online and to create something in a website. And at that time, Agnes decided to go to explore China. So I created a website for uh, people to be able to... Uh, upload their stories and photos, Mm -hmm. Uh, some kind of a Facebook for travelers. I was not aware that there are already travel blogs out there. So I was creating that with a complete absence of knowledge of other people in the industry. (laughs) No kidding. Like, how can you be so blind? But I was. (laughs) So... 
when I created that, Agnes started to uh, post things on this platform mm -hmm. when I was still stationary in, in the UK. She had amazing stories in China, uh, very unique experiences. She was like on her own g going through China without the language, without knowing where she's going into, like with one way ticket. And she was inspiring other people. And then a few months later, I have embarked on a trip to Vietnam, also one way uh, ticket. And so it happened that a few months later, we have met in China and decided to go to Tibet. And that's how e-tramping changed from several users posting their stories to just two users, me and Agnes. So and we, create, we changed it into a personal blog. Yeah, and so basically we combined my, uh, my urge and my passion to travel mm -hmm. with Cez's urge to create, create something and... Uh, and here we are. And also these days it works the same way. Like I create content, I'm more into taking pictures and writing stories, sharing them. And says so is more at uh, maintaining, yeah, maintaining the website, working on its design and the technical part. So basically Agnes is the face of Trumping. Agnes is the person everyone should see. I should not. <laughs> And I, I would like to retain my privacy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes you the dynamic duo. Uh, says, I want to I go back to just you talking about thinking that you had created travel blogging. What, what was it like when you realized that this already existed or people were already doing this? What was your reaction to it? I, I remember this moment. <laughs> we were looking at each other like... So other people do that? Yeah, there are more of us. There are more of us. It was shocking. I have to say it was shocking. It was 2011, and we started e tramping in July 2011. Uh. And we have stumbled upon other blogs, I think, like October. Much so bigger it, so than it, us. it takes a few months for us to realize that on the internet, we're not the only ones. <laughs> Back then, we thought we were the first ones. <laughs> That's a great feeling, though. Uh, yeah, I think so. There's yeah. something absolutely amazing about that. Just, <laughs> just thinking that you like created Instagram and then you see, like, what? Oh no, <laughs> everyone's got yes. one. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> As you now know that other travel blogs exist, what makes e-tramping different from these other travel blogs? Well, from the very beginning, we we have not pushed to be popular. We have not pu we, we we thought we were the only ones. Okay, so we we didn't have to push for popularity. You didn't think there was competition, uh, yeah? <laughs> uh, so we have we have never hidden anything from uh, our audience. Mm -hmm. We were like brutally honest, as we are in the real life. If you get to know us in person, you'll see that we are actually brutally honest, and not everyone can stand that. So, and we are very raw, and yeah. uh, and very authentic. So, if we don't like something, we'll clearly say it out loud. We did not like this place, or uh -huh. we don't recommend this thing, and. Uh, and um, and that got us in a few troubles, and that makes the trouble unique in a sense. Well, that's also funny because um, I was following quite a lot of uh, blogs later on when we found out there are more of us, <laughs> and they were all loving their experience. 
they were all about like how great traveling is mm -hmm. and uh, when I had like uh, not a pleasant experience I was like whoa I'm the only one who actually didn't like this city or am I the only one feeling homesick everyone is having uh, quite a lot of fun on the road so uh, we started addressing these topics and uh, Oh, we don't get don't get us wrong. We are not negative people. We are no, no. overall very positive people. Sure. We just are not scared to say when we don't like. No, something. you're re yeah, you're realists. You're you're realistic about the fact that that traveling is not all rainbows and smiles. Yes. When you think about memories, I have to agree that all most of the travel memories are great, right? And they are positive, and they are fantastic. But when you are in the moment, most of the times, this is out of your comfort zone. We just realized that very early on and started to talk about it. Yeah, and we are also a good example of, uh, of friends, like female and male friends, that, uh, that can travel together and not being a couple, not being in a, like, a relationship. So uh, that's also quite That's easy. very rare from what we hear. Yeah, but... apparently. And I'm sure I'm sure you have gotten a lot of assumptions based on the uh, the notes and <laughs> basically the warnings that you have on your website of hey no, we're actually like like we said we're not a couple. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to find a boyfriend or girlfriend? Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> when you find them, you never let them go. <laughs> you see <laughs> I think that is a really good representation too because people need to see more of that especially in the travel world because you need you need a companion and it doesn't matter if they're a guy or a girl they just you just need a friend with you yeah I want to hear about your past experiences even before this why is traveling something that's an important part of your lives so I have traveling in my blood. Uh, my mom is a history <laughs> teacher and we were always like uh, going to different places together, very small places. She always uh, wanted to see and explore the world, but she couldn't afford it. So I felt like I could be her voice. And when I firstly went to China and I, uh, I went to the Great Wall of China and sent her a selfie, then she was so proud of me and... Uh, and she was like, remember, we were watching uh, Discovery Channel together with all of these uh, sceneries from the Great Wall of China, and now you're there. Oh. So, uh, yeah. That's the all moment. Yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm going to add in some sound effects for that, too, to get the whole crowd on. But that is, that's a sweet, <laughs> that's a sweet all moment. It, it does come back. It comes back to the mom, right? It always has to. Yeah. So this is something very important because it's not only my dream to travel but also my mom's dream too. So it's something that's shared with someone that you love? Yes. Love that. It says, do, do you have a, a background in, in travel or, or do you have a reason why, why traveling is important to you or, or did you get kind of pulled into this with, uh, with documenting Agnes's first travels? Let's be very honest here. I was never even remotely interested in traveling. Really? Zero, like complete zero. I, I used to watch the Discovery channels. I used to read a lot. I used to uh, think about it sometimes. But to actually do it, that was for me a waste of time and money and energy. Uh, I was very much against it, actually. I was so against it that the first trip ever in my life outside of the country was uh, when I moved to the UK to, do, to go to university and stuff. But then from there, 
I didn't want to move anywhere else until Agnes uh, got me to go to France and Italy in one trip. But put that aside, that was not something that inspired me to travel more. After that, I still believe that it's still a waste of time and money. <laughs> but he liked pizza. <laughs> I, I did like pizza, don't get me wrong. But apart from that, it was a waste of time and money. At that time, I thought this way. However, there was a moment in my life when Agnes already left for China. She was telling me, because we were best friends already for a long time, and she was telling me about all these things, and I started to look at these things. And then I asked myself, what do I want to be? I want to be a millionaire. I'm very honest about it, mm -hmm. you know. Then I thought, well, when I get to be a billionaire or millionaire, what will I do? Because working is great and fun, but, you know, what do you do for recreation? And I thought that's the moment when I'm going to go and see all these Discovery Channel places. And then I thought, okay, so traveling is what I'm going to do when I'm a millionaire. So what is stopping me to, from doing it now? And I couldn't answer that question. So I quit my job and I went off without any planning preparation or anything, not even money. And that's how it started. And now, from the perspective of a few years doing that, I cannot live without changing location from time to time. I just need it. I, I have not heard that perspective yet <laughs> of, of someone, <laughs> at, someone at least at first hating it and then being dragged into it but still hating it and then a little bit more and being like, no, and then being like, I just want to be a millionaire and yeah, I'll start. I, I, think that, I think that is a unique perspective for getting into travel. I believe that. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this line the entire day. <laughs> that's not true. It's on the blog for years now. That's not true. I'm glad that you like it now because I thought, I thought you were going to end that sentence with just like, yeah, and now I'm here in Taiwan and I want to leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and Agnes is making me stay here. <laughs> so on the blog, on the website, on eTramping, you describe the site as unique experiences around the world. Uh, what do you think is the best way for one to have a unique experience while traveling? Agnes? I think it's all about like keep challenging yourself mm -hmm. and really get out of your comfort zone and try to do things that you wouldn't dare to do when you were just working full-time and oh, when you're in your, your comfort zone right yeah. so exactly what happened to me i used to love my comfort zone and this is why i didn't like traveling because traveling is taking you out of your comfort zone so if you go to travel you should not go to places you already know you should not go uh, and do things that you already do in your city so like if you like to party every friday in your home city and then you go travel to party is that getting out of your comfort zone no is it unique no mm -hmm. but if you go to something totally different then you will see a new perspective on life and that's gonna be your unique experience that will really change your way of life in order to have these unique experiences, you need to get out of your own comfort zone. And so you guys started the blog in 2011. What are some of the most unique experiences that you got because you got out of your comfort zone uh, since starting the blog? One of the recent ones, I would say, was Costa Brava. When, uh, when we did um, skydiving. Cess That's boring. Is, yeah, but Cess is super scared of uh, <laughs> height. Uh, 
that was. Uh, you say that's uh, boring. Yes, <laughs> that's skydiving. You should have seen the video. He's really afraid of uh, heights and uh, and being in the air also. Well, we have cycled the the whole length of Vietnam, and that's very unique. When you when you say cycling through uh, Vietnam, do you mean motorcycling or, or were you on a bicycle? No, we bicycles. Have bicycles. Bicycle, yeah. which which is which is unique out there because everyone does the motorbike trip out there, but I haven't heard of many people actually bicycling through there. Yeah, and it took us forty days, forty days to to go through the whole country. Oh my god! And it was awesome. And Cez is uh, very passionate about cycling, and back then I didn't enjoy it, but I just did it because I saw him enjoy it. And uh, that was my passion. That was my passion before I had an accident. So, well, travel has two sides. Um, shall we go into the other side of traveling here? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think it's about time we go into it. I do want to I do want to bring up the fact that you two work very well as a duo because you seem to pull each other out of your comfort zones? Have you noticed that? Yes. yes. <laughs> we actually like very different things. <laughs> yeah, which I think which I think works out really well in the end. I mean, Agnes seemed to be the one pulling you to travel at the beginning and then, and then getting you to go skydiving and then you're getting her to go cycling through Vietnam. I mean, it's, it's just this perfect pull, like a game of tug of war of friends. It's great. That's true, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I am more into dangerous stuff, um, apart from heights, okay? I don't like heights. I'm, I am more into going to places where other people don't go because I, I, I like uh, places that are more authentic, like North Korea and Myanmar, just as it got, got out of the war. That's where I really had a strong pull, and that's where I always pulled Agnes to. Uh, yeah. did, did you two go and visit North Korea? Yes, last year. Can you tell us about that? I, I honestly have not talked to anyone who has who has gone to visit North Korea yet. Well, here comes us. He's very he's very passionate about this, uh, <laughs> this trip and visiting uh, unique and experience. Uh, well, I have to say that I when I left the comfort zone, I only had three. Uh, book, bucket list places to really like top of my bucket list places where I really have to go before I die and I hope I'm not gonna die soon but two of the three are already ticked off number one it was Tibet mm -hmm. and I would recommend that it's not a dangerous it's a very safe place for everyone to go it's just difficult to get to mm -hmm. uh, a bit ex on the expensive side however we did it very very cheap um, and it is the most beautiful place in the world, Tibet. And I strongly recommend everyone to go. The second one was North Korea. And that's just some mysterious place that most of the Western world would never understand. Mm -hmm. And I have seen a lot of documentaries. I read a few books about life in there from perspectives of people who go out of there as well as from perspective of people who just travel there. And I have to say that I, I didn't believe everything I read. I think the propaganda works both ways. Mm -hmm. There is a very strong propaganda inside, and I'm not denying that. Sure. But there's also propaganda of Western media uh, tell, saying all the bad things about North Korea, whereas I'm not sure how much of it was true. 
and I really wanted to go in and find out. Interesting, yeah. So after going in, I have to say a lot of it is true. <laughs> there are also less true things about what they say about North Korea. It's not as close as people say. Mm-hmm. And it's much easier to go there and see for yourself. They actually don't have as much censorship as people uh, tend to believe. We thought we we're going to be scrutinized and checked and searched and some of our items will be confiscated on the border. Whereas we got through without any check. It was only in China where they took our uh, power, bank. power bank. Power bank. Yeah, they confiscated power bank in China but not in North Korea, nothing there. So people have a lot of misconceptions about North Korea. And the only way to really bridge the gap of understanding is to go there, not only for yourself to understand more, but your presence there will help people on the ground, the North Koreans, to understand that there's more to life than just North Korea. And the more people go there, and the easier it will be to bridge that gap of understanding. Got you. So how how are you getting in to North Korea? Were you flying in or taking a train in? A few. Uh, we were flying there. Uh-huh. There are two ways there. You can fly in or you can go by train. Mm-hmm. There are few exceptions. No so South Koreans can go in. So, so it's off limits for South Koreans or South Korean descendants mm-hmm. thing. I think. I'm not sure about that. South Koreans cannot go to North Korea. That's 100% sure. Americans uh, are limited to only flying. They are more than welcome to come. It's not true that they are not welcome. It's not true that they will be unsafe there. It is very safe unless you really go with an intention of making trouble. <laughs> I'm so curious about this. Sorry, we'll get, we'll get back to the the theme of the episode soon, but I'm just, I'm very curious what, and Agnes, I'd love to hear your point of view. How did Sez talk you into going to North Korea? So he always wanted to go and seeing him uh, read these articles and books and watching documentaries really made me feel like uh, I would like to be part of uh, of his dream coming, uh, coming true. Mm-hmm. And I'm also into um, exploring more. So although North Korea was not high on my bucket list, I still wanted to go there at some point. And yeah, just one conversation uh, with Seth, I saw how passionately he was talking about going there and making it so easy to actually go there. Because in my head, it was something impossible. We met John Blair from don'tstopliving.com or .net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's also a blogger who went to more than 100 countries. And he told us, we met him in China and Hong True. Kong. And he told us it's possible and it's easy. It's like, wow, He made it go. sound so easy. And uh, <laughs> he said just, uh, yeah, you have to find an agency, discuss all the details and, and off you go. And we were already in China. Um, so yeah, we had like one conversation when we were like, okay, let's give it a try. Let's see how it's gonna, um, play out. yeah. And it turned out to be like, possible. a yeah, possible. it's actually true. It's easy to get there. Wow. Says, I think you, I, you need to give yourself more credit. You were a person who really liked being in their comfort zone. I feel like you went so quickly from comfort zone 
to North Korea, like just so fast. Two <laughs> <laughs> like, years. It took, but oh, but it, gosh, like I feel like it, that that takes people like dozens of years to work their way up to. I mean, as far as like intensity of travel, or at least the way we perceive it. So. I'm impressed that you made it there, and I I think it's funny. I think it would be funny if that was like one of the only countries you'd been to. You know, like if someone's like, "Do you like traveling?" You're like, "Not really." I, you know, I've been to sure, I've been to Thailand once, and yeah, North Korea. That's pretty much it. It's <laughs> like that's oh all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we finish this subject, the first word that comes to both your minds when you think of your experience in North Korea. Intense. After coming back, we couldn't talk for a few hours, and then we actually have agreed not to talk about our experience for two weeks, after two weeks, to anyone, because we, did, we had to collect our thoughts. Wow. It was, just, it was Still, just that much of a shock? There is a lot of shock, and there is a lot of intensity to that. We couldn't, because people were asking, what what it's like? And we couldn't answer. And we agreed not to answer for the first two weeks until we know what we want to think about it. We were also isolated. So for the... Yeah, for for, the whole trip, we were totally isolated. Yeah, it was only me, Seth, and our guide uh, with no um, option to contact, like, family. And uh, and I felt a little bit isolated, but in a positive way. It's not like I felt uh, there was no freedom. No, 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 there was not that problem. But you should definitely check out our North Korea page yes. because we have a page on e-tramping totally dedicated, entirely dedicated to uh, our trip. Yeah, we, sh- we should actually write more about it. I will put that link on our show notes and our travel blog on the Hostel Homies website too so people can, can check that oh. out and get the full get the full scoop. So being travel bloggers, I think uh, a lot of the perception from the outside is... It's all rainbows and smiles. It's all good. What uh, what are some of the kind of bad sides of being travel bloggers or the realistic sides? It's certainly when things go south. When when you go to a hospital, when you injure yourself, when you are in desperate need of help. That's that's when the problems really are because. In your home country, in your home city, you know what you need to do. You need, you know how to help the person in need. You know that there's someone who will visit you at the hospital and stuff like this. The problems start when you are in a foreign country. You don't even know the number to call or what to do. Like, honestly, you don't know what to do. And we had um, a few situations like this. And that's when you makes you stronger. Yes, it, it changed our lives for sure, but it is the toughest time. Yeah, and like you're saying, at the, at the time, you might be able to look at it now and, and think that it was a learning experience, but I'm sure at the time, scary and frustrating. Yes, yeah. And also, um, in today's world, when when you travel and you keep sharing things, online, like do um, v- online videos and uh, posting things uh, on the go, then you kind of stop enjoying the the experience. You are mm-hmm. not really present in that moment because you are so busy with taking pictures uh, of the scenery and uh, taking notes. Yeah, taking notes and recording videos and doing like live uh, live updates uh, across the different social media channels. And then you are like, I'm here mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
I should be just enjoying the scenery myself first before uh, sharing. Um, there were several times in our travels when we actually forgot that what we went there for and we hid behind the cameras. And we also had a few times when we actually decided to actively not post anything, mm-hmm. just offline. So. And you feel, That's yeah, for example, yeah. in North Korea, I lost my oh, phone yeah. uh, in the first day. Like, oh, I no. flashed it in the toilet. She flashed it in the toilet. <laughs> we can laugh about it throughout the trip, okay? And the, and the memory card from Cez's uh, camera got broken. And oh, we had this... No. We are here, we should be um, documenting our journey and what's going to happen now. And that's also kind of... Out of four uh, sources of our photos and videos, three have broken. And um, that was not... Nobody has helped it. It was not like North Korean uh, services or anything like that. We have broken our stuff. (laughs) We take full responsibility and we blame ourselves and we will be regretting that because I had some amazing footage there. I was like, when I lo- I had a 360 camera and I was in a, we were in a theater uh, during a magic show where it was actually the first time a foreigners were allowed to do, to go to that local magic show. Oh my gosh, and you had footage from it. 360 footage from uh, from the seat there. There were a few things happening at the same time. There was the performance, which was very interesting. But also there was like a child next to me, uh, sitting next to me. And he just grabbed my uh, water, because I had a water. And he just grabbed it. You have to understand that in uh, North Korea, everyone shares everything. So it's, it's a communist country, so everything is everyone's. So the kid was not uh, used to not sharing things. So so he was thirsty. So he grabbed my water. I let him uh, drink. So his mom was like stopping him, but he wanted to hold my hand. So throughout the the whole, (laughs) he was holding my hand and sometimes even fighting with his mom because he wanted to hold my hand. Oh my god! Like a kid, and I had it on my 360 camera. And that camera broke, and uh, it didn't get recorded. So, so this feeling that you I, had I lost this it. captured, I you had this moment captured, and you've lost it. 